Welcome to the Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. And I'm Hope. And we are going to continue talking about MLMs today. Uh, we talked about <laughs> multi-level marketing. <laughs> we talked about multi-level marketing last episode and went over sort of some of the reasons that it's not really a sustainable business model. And we talked about a few of the people who are big proponents of MLM. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend you go back and listen to it because it kind of sets this up well, because I probably will be referring to some things that we already talked about. Uh, and also, if you want to go back and just, you know, hear about how MLMs and cults are kind of related, you can uh, <laughs> go and listen to that as well. So Anyway, before we get into it, I do want to mention our Patreon because we haven't mentioned it in the last couple episodes. And uh, we do have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash of knowledge of everything. And there are tiers that are as low as $3. Um, if you bump yourself up to the $5 range, we're going to have some exclusive episodes coming up soon. So look out for that. Uh, and then like the farther up you get, there's some merch and stuff like that. So please go ahead and check it out if you want to support us that way. And if you just want to support us by listening, that's also great too. Uh, I think my TikTok was listening to our podcast because all of a sudden I started getting stuff talking about Rachel Hollis and how it's a bunch <laughs> of bullshit. And I was like, uh, my phone is listening to my phone. <laughs> Toxic positivity, Karen. That's 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 how I feel about Rachel Hollis. Toxic white ladies. Yeah, she thinks that no one's working as hard as her. And oh, geez, we went into it last time, so we'll just uh, we'll leave it at that. I'll probably mention her again, but. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this episode is going to be based on sort of my top five MLMs to avoid because there are a lot of MLMs out there. I can't talk about every single one. Uh, I. I thought about trying to make up a list of all of the ones that are out there right now, but there are so many and a it's whole really podcast in itself, not even an episode, just like a whole podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just talking about all of them. And, and honestly, there's a lot of uh, YouTube users out there who are uh, putting up these anti MLM videos to talk about that stuff. So probably what I'm going to do is try to signal boost some of them, uh, put them up on our website, uh, or maybe they can signal boost us. But anyway, <laughs> but I would like to uh, point people to those because they break down pretty much every MLM you could talk about. Although I'm really not averse to doing another episode if people want to send me any experiences they have with MLMs. So if you want to give us feedback, you can go ahead and do that at vkoepod at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Instagram at vkoe underscore pod. And we no longer have a Twitter account because I shut it down because I'm terrible at Twitter. So those are the two places you can reach us. And yeah. So uh, now to get into it, uh, the... Okay, these aren't necessarily like the top most famous or longest running. Uh, maybe they're not even the worst, uh, but they're the five that I have noticed that are kind of the most insidious in my life. They're the ones that I've seen the most people get involved with and the ones that I've gotten the most uh, sort of invitations for. And I do want to remind people, please don't react to those invitations negatively. Like people have to send out a lot of invitations to this kind of thing and you can very easily ignore it. So don't take it out on the people who are pushing the MLMs unless they're actively being shitty to you. Um, that's also the reason that I'm not going to use the term Hunbot, which a lot of uh, places use. And I did talk about that in the last episode. Uh, so as I was saying, these aren't necessarily the top, the top five, like longest running, or they maybe aren't even the worst, but they're the ones that I have noticed that are pretty bad. And they're things that I've seen a lot of 
social media about just on like my own social media with people that I know. Uh, so that's kind of why I chose them is because I think they'll be more familiar to some of our listeners. Um, if we were talking about just some of the biggest, we would end up talking about like Amway and Herbalife, which aren't really popular, I don't think, with our demographic, but I could be wrong anyway. So <laughs> we're going to jump in uh, by starting at number five. Uh, so we're going to go five, four, three, two, one, one being the worst. One and two are actually kind of almost tied for the worst in my mind. But number five, uh, which is probably the least insidious of the ones that I've noticed so far, is Sensi. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> as I said, uh, they're not one of the absolute worst, but I've had a lot of people try to sell me on it. So I'm a little salty about it. Um, it's annoyed me a lot, a lot more than other MLMs uh, because it kind of, I think it swept through my hometown at some opportune period of time and I got a bunch of messages from a bunch of different women who I used to go to high school with who you know hadn't talked to me in years so mm -hmm. you know that's always fun as you might know they sell home fragrance products uh, many in the form of wax melts they're called like wickless candles uh, and then they'll sell wax warmers um, those are also things that you can buy at stores like Bed Bath & Beyond yes uh, where I got mine <laughs> that I'm looking at right now <laughs> Uh, so they're not they're not necessarily bad things. Um, their products aren't really overpriced. Uh, there are some allegations that some of them might be harmful if they're used for long periods of time, but I really haven't looked into that that far enough. So I'm not going to speak on it, but give it a Google, see what you think. I don't know. Um, <laughs> even if the products are totally fine, though, which they probably are, uh, their people still really aren't making enough money. And yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, you can start as a consultant, uh, a term which just means nothing here. Like you basically you purchase stuff, you become a consultant. Um, you can do that uh, allegedly by spending just under $50, uh, which is a set of mostly product samples and info. But most people end up buying the $99 starter set because that has everything that you really need to start. Personally, I think it's a little bit shitty to say, oh, you can start for $49. And then you realize like, oh, it's more like double that actually, if you actually want to get started. So that's yeah. just kind of shitty. Um, once you join, you will earn 20% commission on the first $1,000 in personal retail volume. And after that, it's 25%. Um, <laughs> you also have access to, and we'll talk about that a little bit later because I have kind of an issue with it and the way they calculate it. But uh, you also have access to a personal site where you can sell product online. For the first three months, you were not charged to use the site. But after that, it's a flat fee of $10 per month. Um, that's not uh, that's not something that's specific to them. A lot of MLMs do that. And like they act like, oh, it's so cheap. It's great. It's just $10 a month for your own website. But the thing is, it's not your own website. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's, not, it's a part of a website that's like, then like, okay, and this is your section of the website, you know? So Patreon, for example, which we have, uh, is something like that, where we don't have our website there. We have our website as our website of acknowledgeofeverything.com, but we have Patreon for a very specific purpose, which is, you know, to get people interested in donating to us, to give them some more exclusive content, that kind of stuff. But how it's different is we don't have to pay for that because they're just getting a percentage of what we're making through that. Right. Um, and you know, whatever people's feelings about Patreon, like that's fine, but 
<laughs> but what I notice about these sites is like, I don't think there's any reason that they would need to collect $10 a month from you in order to make this site work. Um, ultimately, mm -hmm. the cost to them is very negligible to have people have their like personal sections of the site or their personal page on the site. So it does feel like they're overcharging their customers for that. Uh, Color Street also does that. And so like the whole- What's Color Street? Oh, Color Street is like the nail strips. That's a really new one. It's only a couple years old. It, it's not horrible, but not great. Maybe talk about it at the end. Uh, okay. <laughs> they're not part of my list, like, and they're not like the absolute worst, but they're still not good. But okay. there's anyway, there's a lot of websites that, um, or sorry, there's a lot of MLMs that will offer you, you know, your quote unquote personal website, but it's basically BS because you don't have any control over what's going there. So they're just kind of charging you for something extra that they probably really don't have to charge for. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, and also a lot of these, they, they bill it like it's a tool that you can choose to use or not, but it's usually necessary to have that site in order to recruit people. And as we've gone over before, recruitment is usually how you make a lot of the money in these MLM companies. So you kind of do have to have it, you know? So for, if you were in Sensi, for example, it amounts to like $90 for your first year, then $120 for each subsequent year to just have this site, which for them is probably free or close to free. And they're mm -hmm. just making money. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Uh, so now we'll go back to the personal retail volume or PRV. Uh, in Sensi structure, you have to sell 200 PRV per month in order to get a commission. Uh, in the Sensi literature, they use like a lot of acronyms that seem designed to confuse or distract, but ultimately it seems like PRV is calculated not by how much the consultant sells the product for, but by how much they pay for the products. Uh, so if something costs $6 per unit, but $10 wholesale, when sold by the consultant, you would have to bring in around $280 to reach the 200 PRV mark. So it, it's misleading. So it's not like you're actually selling $200 worth of product. You have to sell more of that. Yeah, it's just like it's it's a system that seems very needlessly confusing. And it seems designed to make people purchase a lot. Yeah, it seems like a system that's built on women's like blind trust. And like dangling that they'll be independent and like doing their own thing. And they're yeah. not. It's just exploiting, yeah. I, I guess, like feminine, quote unquote, tendencies. Yeah. And especially something like this, where the um, the wax warmers and, and like wickless candles, like that's something that's going to appeal more to a feminine crowd. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, they're, and, and sure, like they're fine products, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, but it does seem like they're misleading people a lot and kind of forcing them into having to buy more than they thought they were going to have to buy. And that's just kind of like sneaky to me. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and anyway, you can buy that stuff at like Bed Bath & Beyond anyway. So, and additionally, when you get to the dregs of your candle, you can just pour hot water into the jar and the wax will come up and then you have free wax melts. You don't have to go buy other <laughs> ones. You can just keep recycling your bath and bot your, yeah, Bath and Body Works candles like I'm doing right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a that's a nice little tip. All right. I actually don't have I don't have a wax warmer. I, I tend to just do candles, but I could see wanting a wax warmer like in a place like 
Oh, like my mom lives in assisted living and like, I'm sure she would enjoy having a candle, but she's not supposed to have open flame. Right. And like, I'm not going to encourage her to light candles if she might forget them, you know, because like that's, that's a thing that happens and that's why they don't want to have people. So like a wax warmer, I think would be a good thing for that environment. So there's definitely a market for that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Especially dorm rooms where you're also allowed to have open flame and they make ones where you light a candle underneath and it like, that's how it melts it. Those are good for bathrooms if they don't have like accessible plugs or you don't want to like plug something in at the bathroom all the time. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So like, yeah. So wax warmers, I'm not against them. I'm not against the wickless candles, but (laughs) you really don't have to buy them through an MLM because they usually like products just usually end up costing more through an MLM because they have to make that commission. So like it costs less for the company to set up the MLM, but then the product end up the product ends up costing more for the consumer. Uh, And despite what the consultants are putting online, uh, and like what they're telling people, most people don't actually make much. The majority of Sensi consultants uh, will have been with the company for almost three years and they make an average of $676 per year. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, per fucking year, which amounts to less than $54 per month. And that's before you factor oh in the, co- the cost of the website and samples for the customers to try. So like, yeah. So it's just, it's just not great. And I think I know one person who's consistently like said that they were making a lot of money with Sensi. Um, and like I said in the last episode, I'm not, I'm not holding people personally accountable in general because I don't think they realize this, but it, it's such an unsustainable model that if you are making a lot of money, people below you in that pyramid shaped structure are just going to not be making that much money. Like there are definitely people along the line who are losing money, but in an MLM, it's really kind of a no-no for people to say that out loud because the whole toxic positivity and stuff and like fake it till you make it. And like, all you need to do is work hard. That makes people feel like if they're not making it work, then it's their fault. Um, and it's that's, not. Yeah. It's absolutely not. So, so that's Sensi. They're not exactly the worst, but they're not great. Um, another one that we're going to talk about now, number four, is Arbon. So uh, this next excerpt that I'm going to read is from TravelingJezebel.com. Um, Arbon markets itself as a health and beauty company and sells products including makeup, nutritional supplements, hair care products, and skincare. It claims that all of its products are totally vegan and use the best ingredients that money can buy. They say these high quality ingredients are the reason Arbon products are so expensive. They actually have a section in their FAQ titled, Why is Arbon so expensive? Um, <laughs> it was founded in Norway in 1975, but by 1980, Arbon co-founder uh, Peter Mork set up international headquarters in Irvine, California. Uh, so since 2008, it's been owned by the worldwide health and beauty brand uh, Yves Rocher. And I apologize because I'm sure that I messed up that pronunciation. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, ultimately, the quality of the products doesn't really matter here, though, because the way to make the most money is to recruit others and create a downline that you make profit from. Um, I'm so- sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just say that the way the product is made doesn't really matter? That's not the point. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it kind of, 
it, it doesn't in terms of the way that I'm looking at it, because what I'm looking at is, are they an ethical company? And the thing is, if you can't make money just selling the products and you have to have a downline, well, that's not really ethical. And it does mean that the main thing isn't the products, uh, which is a no-no. And it's the thing that separates, um, as we talked about uh, in the last episode, an MLM and a pyramid scheme aren't exactly the same thing. And the difference is supposed to be that you can make money just off of selling product in an MLM, but that's just really not true out of most of them. Uh, but yeah, so what I'm looking at it, like, honestly, the quality of the products doesn't matter to me because these people are clearly not making money unless they're recruiting a lot of people and the only people making money are at the top. So, all right. The, uh, the statistics that I found um, are from, they're a couple years old. They're from 2018, but it was the most complete set of stats I can find. Uh, and I do want to back up when I say these people aren't making that much money. Um, in 2018, there were 175,385 Arbon consultants in the U S um, 83%, which is 144,586 people earned nothing. 83% of the people earned nothing. Um, and that, I, I don't know, like I'm not seeing stats of like people that lost money. So like, I'm assuming that the some of the people who made uh, no money also lost money. So that's something yeah. to think about. It might um, be like have, negative money. Yeah. Then you have 11.4%, which is 19,866 people earned $70 a month, which amounts to $840 a year. So less than minimum wage. 4.1%, which is 7,224 people earned $3,852 a year, still less than minimum wage. <laughs> Uh, 1% of people, uh, which is 1,806, earned uh, $1,531 a month. That's $18,372 oh, $18, a year. That maybe is approaching minimum wage, but I don't know if it actually meets it. I don't think barely. so. Like barely. Yeah. And it kind of depends. Like it's minimum wage in like a quote full-time job that only gives you 30 hours. Like maybe. Um then 0.34%, so less than 1%, 602 people earned $5,987 per month or $71,844,000 a year. So it's a giant jump, but again, less than 1% of people. Uh, then wow, point- it's like the American economic <laughs> system. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, and then like the, the highest earners, uh, which was 0.178% or 301 people. And again, I want to go back. This is over 100,000 people as Arbon consultants. 301 earned $21,711 a month or $260,532 a year. So the people you're finding out about who are making all this money are, they make up less than half a percent of all of the people who are selling for Arbon. So the, the, when they're telling you, oh, you can make this much money, blah, 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 blah. They are some of the very few people who are actually making that much money. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And and again, like the reason that these people at the top are making that much money is because of their downlines or like people they have recruited, the people those people have recruited, etc. So they're making money off of this recruitment. They wouldn't be able to make that, that much money if those 83% of people 
who like weren't there, you know, if those 83% of people who are making no money weren't there, then these people at the top wouldn't be making nearly as much money either. Yay. So there's that. Uh, to get started, it costs $79, uh, which includes a registration fee and starter kit. There's an option to receive a discount, which does bump the fee down to $49. But in order to get that, you have to buy a lot of products. Um, I'm not sure because it's not a dollar amount. Like Sensi, they have a system that involves acronyms and I didn't have the bandwidth to learn about all the acronyms for all the companies, um, but basically <laughs> what they try to do is they use these acronyms in ways that make them sound like business professionals, but really what they're doing is trying to kind of like put up the smoke and mirrors so you're not seeing how these things are actually getting calculated. And again, you're having to buy much more product than you thought you were. So yeah, so that's Arbon. Um, <laughs> oh, and there's, oh, sorry, like Sensi, and I don't remember if I actually said this about Sensi, um, but both of these, Sensi and Arbon, you have to have a certain amount of qualifying sales to remain active. So it's not just something where like you can sell some for like one month and then like maybe take a month off or whatever. Like you do have to sell a certain amount uh, in that time period or you at least have to purchase it. Whether or not you're actually selling it, not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. So there's, there's those, um, and those ones, because like they're wax warmers and because they're uh, like beauty stuff and creams, most of them I think are fine um, as far as the actual products. I don't know if they are actually the best products out there or whatever, but they're probably generally fine for you. But now we're going to get into some products which are sold in a way that are not necessarily fine for you and some people who are telling people things that might actively hurt their health. Mm -hmm. So number three, there's actually two companies that I'm putting into one because one actually kind of sprung from people who left the other one and they have a lot of the same kind of lies and issues going on. So uh, ultimately I'm mostly talking about doTERRA, but young living can also be kind of lumped into that. Do you know what they sell? No. Is that they're one of the ones that, is, that sells essential oils. Or sorry, they're two of the companies oh. that sell essential oils. So <laughs> first off, um, before anyone asks me about this, I do like essential oils. Like I, I actually have a bunch of essential oils that I bought from like regular stores that sell them for cheaper than these companies do. Um, <laughs> but I have a bunch down in my kitchen right now. I was actually making soap the other day. Um, so I use essential oils a lot. And I do think oh that there God. are benefits from them. I used some of the bath salts you made me the other day when I took a bath. Hmm. Like, that's nice. Yeah, there's essential oils in those. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, essential oils can be really good. Yeah, you can use them to, like, to give fragrance to, to baths. You can use them to give fragrance to candles and soaps and lip balms, all kinds of things. You can even, um, like, I have a necklace uh, that I can wear around my neck that has, it opens up and there's a little, like, ball. I gave you one, didn't I? You did, Yeah. <laughs> And you could put the essential oil on it and then you have that scent around your neck, which can be really nice because things like lavender uh, can be really relaxing, um, which is uh, <laughs> so that actually like goes back to terpenes, which are some of the health things that I was talking about in some of the cannabis episodes. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, so plants have things called terpenes that can give you medical benefits, um, even if it's just uh, using it for aromatherapy. So. So yeah, I just want to like put that all out there to say, 
I absolutely think that essential oils are fine <laughs> and that sometimes they can be really beneficial and helpful. But what these companies are saying can be really dangerous. So anyway, so yeah, so these two companies that I'm kind of including in the same one are doTERRA and Young Living. Uh, they're both based out of Utah. Uh, they're both companies that are founded by Mormons, which we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, is that there's some Mormons in the community that seem to believe that if they make shitloads of money, that that'll be good for them in the afterlife. And so they don't really care about the people that they're making all this money off of. This does not represent all Mormons. Okay. <laughs> we need to put that out there. This does not represent all Mormons. There are good Mormons out there. I am not shitting on Mormons, but I am saying. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I'm not one of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I have family who uh, who are Mormon, and so I I want to make sure that there is that distinction there because, like, I'm not saying oh Mormons create MLMs and they're terrible. Like, no, MLMs are terrible, <laughs> and and quite a few of them happen to be from Utah. They happen to be from the Mormon community, and a lot of that is because they're taking advantage of their own community because in more religious, especially Christian religious cultures, it is more accepted for women to stay home with children. And sometimes it's even more like encouraged, mm -hmm. uh, especially in religions where you tend to have more children, which I would say Mormonism is one of them. So this is when you get into uh, women being preyed upon because they don't have like as many friends as they'd like to have. They're not seeing as many people. And so they get invited to these parties and then they kind of get sucked in because they want to become a part of a community. And that happens with a lot of MLMs, but I think specifically religious mothers tend to be targeted uh, by these kind of companies. So now we're going to get into some of the claims made and then I'll talk about some income statistics but uh, here is here's something from uh, the website of an actual herbalist, um, CatherineMaslin.com. So uh, she says the term therapeutic grade essential oils is both false and misleading. This term, the, the term cer certified therapeutic grade was actually created by doTERRA, uh, who registered <laughs> the name. That's you know, horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they registered the name and then basically told the world that other essential oils weren't as pure. And sure, if you looked at that, you would think, okay, that's been assessed therapeutic grade, you know, that seems nope. like something you should be able to trust. But uh, they even go so, so far as to call them better than organic. And just to point out, their oils are not organic, oh uh, which would make them free from pesticides and, uh, or sorry, pesticide residue, genetic modification or irradiation. There are many oils on the market that are just as good, if not better quality than those sold by doTERRA and Young Living. So that is, uh, so that that's from CatherineMaslin.com. And I thought she really summed it up quite well there uh, because they're really misleading people in a way that's super dishonest, <laughs> but it gets worse. So okay. this is number three and they get worse as they go on. <laughs> uh, the next big issue, and this one is huge, <laughs> is that they... They recommend like external use of essential oils without carrier oils, which is not safe. What um, What is uh, a carrier oil, Rosie? Exactly. Thank you. That was such a good question because it leads me right in. <laughs> a carrier oil is an oil that is known to not be 
uh, harmful to your skin or could be even beneficial. You can get like fractionated coconut oil is a liquid version of coconut oil, which is really good as a carrier because you can get ones that don't have any coconut smell to them. Um, and so you can put in, like you can get like a rollerball little uh, glass vial thing and you can put in basically mostly carrier oil, like something like a fractionated coconut oil, avocado oil. You could use olive oil, but that has more of a like shorter shelf life. Um, and like but, um, beeswax and soy wax, right? Well, yeah, but that that would be more for a balm or something like that. But yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff that works as a carrier that's either like good for your skin and conditioning or is at least like neutral. Uh, and then you would put in a small amount of essential oil. Um, not, it won't make up the large amount of what you're actually doing. It'll just give enough uh, fragrance to have that essential oil there. But uh, a lot of the reps for companies like doTERRA and Young Living will tell you to put it right on your skin, which will make you a use more essential oil. So it's good for their business because then you'll have to buy more. Uh, then <laughs> B, it can actually make you have really bad reactions. Some of these oils are not good uh, on people's skin, just because you don't have a reaction to one doesn't mean you aren't going to have a reaction to another one. Uh, like even something like tea tree oil, which is really good for your skin oh, is yeah. not good if you put it on uh, straight, you know, so if you if you're putting it on straight, and like, I know some people do that, um, especially, I know some people do that if they have like oral herpes, which it's just not it's not good for you. It's not going to make it go away better. So, just, just, um, I, I would say get, get a cream and you can put some, uh, like, like you can get a medicated cream and then put uh, some tea tree oil into that. And that might actually help boost the way that it works. Uh, that's not been assessed by anyone. That's just my feeling. But yeah. <laughs> I think when in doubt, dilute first because it is yes. an oil. It's, it's essential, which means it's like the essence of that thing, right? So it's like really concentrated sometimes mm -hmm. so i think when in doubt it's good to that's why whenever you watch like videos about like making bath bombs or like you know making your own soap and stuff it's like you only need like one or two drops of essential oil because they're that strong so yeah i mean i have i have a soap recipe that that i use where they say an ounce of essential oils and it comes out with about 12 bars of soap. Sometimes I'll use a little bit more than an ounce, but like really it comes out to be not that much and it makes sure it's not concentrated on your skin. And, and these companies like to point out like, oh, there's essential oils in everything. There's essential oils that when you eat cinnamon, there's essential oils and oregano. And that is no. true, but it is not in the amounts that you're going to find in a concentrated essential oil. Like whole foods are just naturally going to be better for you, um, right. which we're going to remember when we talk about Beachbody. Anyway, um, but whole foods are just going to be better for you in general. And an essential oil is not a nutritional supplement. And this is how a lot of these companies are actually trying or sorry, a lot of the reps for these companies are trying to sell it. Uh, and whether it's because of some weird game of telephone where someone said something and then it got turned into something else, or it's from their own personal experience, they are telling people to do dangerous things, um, such as putting it on their skin with no carrier oil or promoting the use of them internally. No. Drinking them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... I and, and they're not like taking shots of essential oil, but they're putting it like in water and stuff. And... Again, like if you want the benefits from that, 
like if you wanted benefits from like lemon, for example, which has another one of those lovely terpenes, which again, if you want to know about terpenes, go to our medical cannabis um, <laughs> uh, episodes and we can talk more about that, that there. But if you want to get the benefits from that, you can put lemon slices in your water and that's yeah. going to give you the benefits. Putting le lemon essential oil in there is not going to give you more benefits and it could fuck up your gut health. It's just not, it's not good for you. So don't do it. My, my mother-in-law is an herbalist and like, I've seen her have this talk with people before just at like Christmas parties. And she's like, you have to be careful. Like, I think yeah. I, I am all for alternative medicine coming into light a little bit more like stuff like acupuncture and like Reiki and cupping mm -hmm. and like using essential oils. But I think it's important that you're using them in conjunction also with westernized medicine. Like you can use lavender and peppermint to calm down, but you can also use antibiotics for viruses. <laughs> and oh, yeah, and, like, and actually there are essential oils that can be good for like fungal infections and things like that. Like if you put them in, in another, like an oil or a skin cream or something at a small amount. So th basically they're taking the, like some is good, but more is better approach. And that's not generally true. Right. It's, it's an addition to your healthcare regimen. It's not a replacement. And then yeah. kind of along those same lines, if you're going to be using essential oils and you have pets, you need to be extra sure you're using something that's not going to be harmful to your pet. Yes, you absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that, that, those are, those are all very good points. We're not against uh, essential oils, but we're not for MLM essential oils. <laughs> yeah. It, and the, the issue here is that, that a lot of the people who are then put up, uh, the, the, the people who they call consultants, which I call them sales reps because that's what they are. Okay. Mm -hmm. All you have to do to become a consultant in one of these companies is to buy their products. And that's really dangerous because it creates the idea that these people know what they're talking about, like both in their minds and in the people they're talking to. And so they spout off a lot of misinformation that either they haven't fact checked or they made up or they, or they noticed like something about their life and they decided, Oh, that must be because of essential oils. And then assigned that and then told everyone, yes, essential oils do blah, 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 you know? And yeah. one of the worst ones that I've seen, um, and I'll try to post this online if I can find the video again. Uh, but the, the, one of the worst ones I've seen was a sales rep telling people that essential oils had cured her cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I know, I know it's, it, and you know, and she, she basically was like, well, I know people have to say that it doesn't work, but like, I, I just know what happened to me. But the thing is, there is no, there is no evidence that that would be true. There is not even like, it doesn't even make sense. And when people say, oh, well, but like, how can you explain the fact that she, uh, <laughs> she cured her cancer? My explanation and generally like the explanation of people who I've, uh, listen to in the medical field is it probably was a spontaneous recovery, which does happen for some illnesses. We don't know why it happens, but it does happen sometimes with people with cancer or people with like other illnesses um, do get better despite like any science, like, like you know, they, they, they get better without the intervention of medical help. And we don't know why, but I, we I'm also glad. don't know that essential oils are actually helping that. Yes. 
I am extremely <laughs> glad that she doesn't have cancer anymore because that's great. Mm-hmm. And if essential oils ended up being the thing that did that, that's even better. But if it's one case of that happening with not enough peer-reviewed, researched, tried and tested studies about it, I can't I can't put all of my eggs in that basket. If that's the case, yeah. that's amazing. But if that's a one in a however many people have cancer and are cured from it case, then I can't believe that just yet. But it could be. Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah. The thing is, what we know about essential oils is a lot of people have gotten benefits from like, for example, you can just you can take like uh, just like a piece of cloth or like cotton ball or whatever, put some essential oil on it, like put it up close to your nose and like breathe in and smell the essential oil and get like calming effects and stuff like that. That stuff has been more studied. Some hospitals will actually like offer that to patients um, if they want to. And that stuff, I think, is actually totally fine because that's aromatherapy and we know more about that. But telling someone you can cure cancer with essential oils is irresponsible because, yeah, because we don't have any evidence that that's actually what cured her cancer. And, like, if it was likely, people would have jumped on that and tried to, like, study her and see what was going on. But the medical community knows that it's BS. Right. I think we also know enough about cancer to know that every treatment isn't going to work for every person or every cancer. Like there's a lot of experimental stuff going on because we still have so much to learn about it. Like there was um, a podcast I listened to called you could sit with us. And one of them is a cancer survivor and she went through her whole cancer journey. She had it twice. And she was talking about how she did this trial because they were like, we're not sure if this is going to work. Would you like to try it? And she's like, I have cancer. Yeah, of course I'm going to try this. (laughs) Like, I don't have any other options. So I think that there's not enough that we know about cancer for us to definitively say that it was essential oils. And just because it might have worked for her body doesn't mean it's going to work on someone else's. Or, I mean, it might be... that thing correlation versus causation you know like just because you yeah just because you don't have cancer anymore and you had been using essential oils that doesn't actually mean that one led to you know it doesn't mean that the essential oils are what led to the eradication of cancer it just means you were there was a correlation in time period and Yeah. yeah and it's really frustrating so so just just know um, people out there, if you've used essential oils like on your skin and internally and you haven't had bad effects, that doesn't mean that it's not building up because that's the kind of thing that can affect your health without you realizing at first. So please use them safely. Um, you, you can totally use a diffuser if you want, uh, which is going to be oh, yeah. like, look at the instructions because the instructions that come with will tell you, you know, like you can use this much water and seven drops or whatever it is, you know, like it's, it'll give you a safe amount that can be diffused into the air that will give you the scent that you want. And then you can get some of that aromatherapy benefits. Um, you, so you could do that. You can use a carrier oil or put something in a cream and put it on your skin. You can use like a necklace with a pumice stone and put some, <laughs> some in there so you can get that. There's a lot of ways to use essential oils that, might actually help you, uh, but won't actively hurt you. And that's kind of the balance we need to reach with that. Right. Um, the doTERRA and, and Young Living and like, yeah. So these, these companies, oh wait, they're not called, oh, I messed it up. I don't think they're called consultants. Um, these sales reps, sorry, my notes say these sales reps are called wellness advocates. Oh 
god. Oh my god. I forgot about that. I wrote these notes like a week ago. So uh, <laughs> wellness advocates. See that? Okay. And that also makes it makes it sound like they know something about wellness in general, but I want to let people know here, wellness is not, it's not a subject you like get education in necessarily. It's just a catch-all for a lot of yeah. stuff out there that could be good for you. <laughs> I could technically call myself a wellness advocate. Yeah. But like, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, like I am, but that's not like but a- It means the same thing as it does here. Um, I can't be classified. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, they're, apparently they're called wellness advocates. I had forgotten about that. It makes me so sad. But uh, all you have to do to become one of these wellness advocates again is to buy the product. Um, you get information with it. I guess I don't even know if they really have to prove they've read the information. Like it's wow. you just have to buy the stuff. Um, and unsurprisingly, they have sort of similar income stats to other MLMs. These stats, I believe, are from 2017, and they are for doTERRA. I couldn't really find statistics like this for Young Living, which Ooh. is just even more fishy to me. But anyway, so in 2017, 66.88% uh, of the doTERRA uh, wellness advocates made absolutely nothing. Um, and again, they could have lost money also. So it's just something to think about. 9.12% uh, earned $375 over the course of a year. <laughs> so again, not minimum wage. Um, oh, guess what? No one in this MLM is making minimum wage, by the way. 9.66% um, earned $752. 5.75% earned $1,250. 2.76% earned $1,837. 3.91% earned $4,370 and less than 1%, 0.92% earned $11,260. So you too Great. could join this, become a wellness advocate, spout off lies about essential oils, possibly hurt people and make less than minimum wage. Do so, so much work, do so much labor for so little money. You can do that in the American workforce yeah. right now. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I know a lot of people are attracted to MLMs because of the fact that you like allegedly you can do it on your own schedule and that kind of stuff. But most of the people who like leave MLMs and talk about it generally are saying I had to put in so much more work to make less money. And I was like neglecting my family. I wasn't like Aww. living the life that had attracted me to this in the first place because people want to have more time with their family. They want to have earn some more income, but then they end up not earning income and spending less time with their family. Yep. Super fun. Stuff. So it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> number two. So as I said before, number two and number one are kind of tied for me. Number two, I think is the, the reason I, I would put it up almost at number one is because of the the health ramifications um because the the number one isn't about health but it's really really horrible but the number two it's it's almost right up there uh, number two is beach body <laughs> yeah so beach body for anyone who doesn't know is the company behind shakeology um, which is a line of meal replacement shakes that are made from powders uh nutritionally it is essentially the exact same thing um, as the meal replacement powder you can get at a vitamin or health food store. It just costs a hell of a lot more uh, and you can't buy it in a store. 
they also have like workout equipment, online workouts you have to pay for, but mm -hmm. why would you do that? Because you could literally go on YouTube and get a lot of workouts for free. I uh, lost 20 pounds by doing YouTube workouts and running. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's so much you can do. And like, they literally have packages at Beachbody where it's just the workouts, which doesn't make any sense to me why anyone would buy that because it's the same thing you can get for free online. And actually online, you can find actual qualified uh, fitness, uh, sorry, uh, actual qualified personal trainers. Yeah. Whereas these, and they call them coaches, uh, these quote unquote coaches, uh, which I'm not going to tell them, I call them that I'm going to call them sales reps for the rest of it. Cause I just can't, uh, but allegedly are supposed to be experts, but they're not personal trainers. And all you have to do to become a quote coach is again, to just buy into the company. And a lot of people will buy into it just to get a discount. Like they'll become a like quote coach in order to get a discount, but like what the fuck like you're just a customer at that point I, I almost got got by beach body because i saw somebody i went to high school with losing a bunch of weight she just had a baby and she was mm -hmm. promoting this and i didn't know about like mlm stuff yet so i messaged her and i was like hey can you like tell me about this and it was a lot of messaging and i was like maybe this is worth the investment and then i was lazy and that's the only reason why i didn't follow through with it so i was like well I don't feel like spending this money. <laughs> and uh, and then I come to learn this later and I was like, oh no. Yeah, they're they're really not good. And I actually what I wanted to do was like find like some audio clip that would show like how horrible some of these some of these uh sales reps are just the, the horrible things that they are telling to the other sales reps and like the manipulative ways that they're selling things. But there were so many clips that I just couldn't decide. So I'm going to post uh, a bunch of these like reaction videos to, and I'll post a lot of videos about these MLMs uh, on our website, but I'll post some of the reaction videos uh, of people who got footage of their like team meetings and stuff just to show you what these people are saying because it's really manipulative and they also are really dismissive of anyone's issues if they like aren't able to make it work and it's yeah. just really it's gross. it's pretty and it's i found it's manipulation because they use the before and after pictures a lot where it's like mm -hmm. look what i used to look like which is like a normal person and then look at how much weight i lost and like i have so much more energy my life has turned around like it, it almost seems like a quick fix for weight loss and like a lifestyle change, which we know is not a thing. <laughs> like there's no quick fix for making your life better if you don't like it. Like it, your life took a minute to get like this. It's going to take a minute to undo whatever it is that you're trying to undo. And there's no yeah. magic diet pill. There's no magic exercise. There's no magic food. You just have to put the work in to do. And the. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. And like the thing about diet culture in general is that pretty much all the diets out there don't actually work. And people, even if they lose weight, end up gaining weight back. Uh, really, the conventional wisdom that is out there that has been tried and tested time and time again is that 
if you want to change the way your body looks, which you don't have to, <laughs> by the way, just so everyone knows, if, but if you want to, okay, if there's, if there's a reason you want to lose weight, if you like want to be at a certain weight because you just feel your healthiest, like whatever that weight is, um, as long as you're not starving yourself, please don't starve yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like that's okay, but it's going to be lifestyle changes overall that will get you there and kind of like a slow but steady, like yeah. the <laughs> slow and steady wins the race, you know, that's the whole tortoise and the hare thing. Like you can't just make a big change, like lose a bunch of weight and then keep on that without like continuing what you're doing. So the crash diets are really not good because you're, you're basically like you're tricking your body into thinking that you're starving and then you're going to hold on to more fat. And like, so then you just have to work out more and more. And yeah. So, so I I, I don't know, like, like I'm not. The keto diet was made for epileptic, epileptic children. Yeah. It's not meant for like functioning adults. Like it, it it's not good for your it's body. You need carbs to survive. It's literally like a binding compound that you need to like process food. Carbs aren't bad for you. Fat's not bad for you, you know, in it's moderation. Like that's yeah, like like yeah. moderation in all things. Like you, sure, you can have carbs in your diet, you can have sugar in your diet, you can have dairy in your diet, but like it's Basically, if you're eating a lot of like one of the same thing, that's probably not going to be good. Like we want to have a nice diverse diet that includes Mm -hmm. a lot of vegetables and, you know, grains, things that are good for you. But I think what I've learned is your biggest obstacle is going to be patience and your biggest ally is going to be consistency. And that's the thing that Western culture has a really hard time with because we want everything right now. And that's not how this works. Especially yeah. if you're like you're trying to make like a major lifestyle change. Like you have to just like be patient, let things happen, know that you're gonna plateau, and that's okay. I'm plateauing right now. I like I said, I lost 20 pounds and I can't lose any more. <laughs> and I keep I'm always like two pounds away from my goal weight, and it keeps not happening, and it's fine, and it's fine. I don't care that much. I do care. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, diet culture is bullshit and Beachbody is a part of that. And like, it it is completely okay if you have like physical goals for your own body, but don't let people push you into doing more and also be reasonable about your goals and understand that, you know, if you're not getting proper nutrition, then that's going to affect the way that your body feels. You do need to get all of you know, all of your, your nutrients. And honestly, the best way to do it is out of some whole foods. And if you need more, like if you need something like, you know, like a powdered supplement or whatever to like help you with workouts and like make you feel more full, that's fine too. But when you get into the meal replacement stuff, it gets, it gets weird because that's a thing that's really not sustainable. So my question is like, well, what are you going to do when you stop doing that? And then you start gaining weight again. So yeah, so generally, like, lifestyle changes are going to be the way to go for that. And and please don't argue with me about that. I mean, sure, fine. If you want to, you can argue with us about it and, like, send us messages. But what I'm not saying is that people don't lose weight with Beachbody. What I'm saying is it's not a sustainable system. And yeah. also, you can get the same workouts for free online. Um, you can get the same, like, uh, workout products like resistance bands or whatever, different places online. Um, TJ Maxx. And, yeah. 
they yeah, sell absolutely. like lifting stuff, resistance bands at TJ Maxx for very cheap. Yeah, I think we got we had some resistance bands that I think Chris got at like Target, maybe even I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like there's lots of places you can get that stuff, and the nutritional uh, shakes, like the Shakeology stuff. It it is the same damn thing that you can get at a, at a vitamin store. Yeah, go to GNC, go, go to a health food store. You can get the same thing. So ultimately, like even if you wanted to use all of the things, you can do it for cheaper and in a way that's not going to like make you a part of this system. Because right. um, like, if you want to spend money on like health and wellness and exercise, Sign up for your local YMCA, get a personal trainer, sign up for things like Nike Pro and Body Project online. Those are all things that they have, you can pay for and you get extra stuff, but it's not to your own detriment, especially a personal trainer. Like if you're willing to spend money yeah. on Beachbody, go actually just, you know, things are starting to become safer. I'm not saying the world is opening up again because there's a lot of parts of the world that are not. There are places in the US that are becoming safer to go to. You can sign up for a personal trainer that way. And then you're yeah. supporting your local community. Like yeah, absolutely. And and it's great that you brought up personal trainer because there was another thing I wanted to point out about the Beachbody workout videos is that, so I watched uh, a video of this, uh, of an actual personal trainer who like proved her credentials and everything. And she was assessing the workouts. And basically what she said about them is like, they're not really targeting everything they say they are. And they're also just trying to do too much at once. And there are totally exercises you can do to like do all the things that they want to do. But again, it's not the quick fix, you know? So like you can do a 20 minute high intensity workout and like, and maybe it can be really good for you. Or you can do a 20 minute high intensity workout that like fucks you up in some other way because you were like moving your body wrong. So yeah. I, like, as I've said before, like allegedly these workouts that Beachbody is doing were done by, I think they call them like super coaches or something, but like, it, it's like, it seems like maybe they're personal trainers, but then maybe they're actually not. So just, just look into it and like question the credentials of people before you buy into that stuff, because personal training is not, um, it's not something that people just, it's not like life coaching where people just kind of like make it up, <laughs> um, uh, which is what I assume life coaching is because that's all I have seen from it. But <laughs> like it's, you know, it, it's not something that is made up. It's not something that doesn't have standards. Like you do actually have exams and stuff when you're becoming a personal trainer. Um, I know someone who did this. So it is a real job that takes real education. And these quote unquote coaches are not getting any of that education. So like if they are watching a workout video and then they're leading you in something, it is very possible that they could be doing something that is gonna fuck up their body and might fuck up your body if you're doing the same thing. That's also so, the benefit of going to a personal trainer because they're gonna tell yeah. you if your form is wrong and you could hurt yourself. Yeah. And, and there's also like, I understand people who don't have money for personal trainers might think that like they're getting a better deal with Beachbody and, I understand that. But then I would also say there are more free resources that you can find online. There are a lot of YouTubers that make money solely off ads yeah. and put out stuff for free. And there, there are videos you can find where it's like, okay, how do you properly do a squat without messing up like other parts of your body? Yes. So if you want to do that, you, you can, you can also buy books that'll show you like your, how your form should look, that kind of stuff. You don't need 
these quote coaches in your life. I'm also so. going to just while we're talking about people getting into working out, if you only can work out two minutes at a time, that's fine. Eventually, if you keep doing two minutes a day, you will progress past two minutes. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. I have a real problem with all or nothing thinking where I'm like, if I can't work out hard for a half an hour, I'm not going to do it. And like, I worked out today and my ankle started like seizing up and not feeling great. And part of my brain was like, just keep going. It's fine. But <laughs> since I started dog walking now, I'm like, nah, I should look out for my ankle. 17 minutes is enough time. I was sweating. I was, you know, lifting weights and I was huffing. So I was like, okay, like you got 17 minutes of a good workout in today. That can, that can be enough for now. And then you can stretch your ankle and stuff. So yeah, and you're listening to your body instead of just trying to power through things, which, yeah. and it does seem like the beach body, especially the people who get super high up will like push people to just keep going, which is I, not always the best thing. Yeah. I also like, from what I could tell, whenever I was talking to the person about it, it seemed like you didn't really get recovery days. Like she was like, yeah, you can do yoga and like Pilates on your recovery day. Have you ever done Pilates? That is not recovery. That's not recovery. That shit is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Pilates is very like, hard. You can find like gentle yoga classes you can do that like aren't that bad, but also like you still should have a recovery day. Like it's not. Who's, who's your yoga lady that we watched whenever we were. Uh, like yoga with Cassandra. Yeah. Shout out She's... to her. Shout out to yoga with yeah. Adrian. My bitch. I love her yeah, so the... much. <laughs> I, I think we each found uh, someone who kind of like matched our own like. <laughs> like personality or like you know like whatever it was like it seems like you picked someone who's like a little more extroverty and I picked someone who's a little bit more like introverty yeah well yoga with Adrian she doesn't take it so seriously which I appreciate because I think yoga is silly sometimes even though I know it's good for you to do and she's like She'll say things like hug yourself like you love yourself. And then she'll make really like stupid jokes in the middle of it. And I'm like, okay, you're like a person. You're not like this hippy dippy bullshit. Like she seems like an actual lady who's like, okay, we're going to do some yoga today and it's going to be not so serious. And I like doing that. So anyway, what's our number one? Um, okay, before we go to number one, I do have like a, just a couple more things to say about Beachbody, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. Um, they they love to say like if uh it works if you work hard like that's that's what people like to say no no no, no. a lot of mlms will tell you like oh absolutely like if you work hard it'll work but the thing is if you make that lots of money that does mean people in your downline probably aren't um and also it does not work for everyone because no. if you don't have those people to reach out to friends and family who are interested in buying it people you went to high school with who like are cool with just getting a random message and suddenly buying shit from you then like yeah maybe that can work out but like if you don't have that people sorry if you don't have that group of people in your life then it can be hard for you and maybe it's just not going to work and then these coaches are going to be or sorry quote coaches are going to be hey really jerks to you so like I, I don't like that and again I'll post uh some videos of their team meetings that are just horrible all right and I don't think I found statistics for how much money they're making but it does seem like uh the one statistics that I have from multiple sources is that 50% of their sales reps make no money per year so some <laughs> of these are going to be people who signed up just to get discounts but some of them are going to be people who actively wanted to make money and are now not making money so I know I keep laughing 
And it's because I get so mad at how ridiculous some of this stuff is that I I start hot mad laughing. I'm not laughing at them because I think it's funny. I'm laughing because it's terrible and I hate it. I just want to make that distinction real quick. And speaking of terrible and I hate it, <gasps> number one is LuLaRoe. <laughs> so we did talk a little bit about LuLaRoe in our last episode, so I'm not going to be quite as... Uh, in. Well, I'll probably be kind of in depth still. Um, uh, oh, by the way, all of these all of these companies that I've mentioned, I reached out to for comment, and none of them gave me a comment. Wow! Uh, How dare I actually, they? We're a famous podcast. I know. Um, I, I even uh, and I, this is a super long shot, but I even like followed uh, Deanne, who is uh, the woman who started Lularoe, and she she has a private account. Um, which is like a lot of a lot of people still follow it, but I think she just tries to weed out the people who are going to be mm-hmm. telling the yeah. truth. Um, <laughs> so I, I I sent her like a vague message about like wanting to know about MLMs from the top, etc. And yeah, of course she didn't email or so she didn't message me. But. Are we going to get into what Lululemon is versus what LulaRoe is? I I don't really know anything about Lululemon. I don't either. <laughs> I, I just I, I think they're just a store, but yeah, you, I mean you, a store that maybe is, is culty too. But like I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna look some stuff up while you talk about Lula Row. Okay. I, I do know that there was, uh, and this is completely off topic, but I listened <laughs> to the, the only thing that, that Lulu Lemon makes me think of uh, right now is that the fact that there was like a murder in a Lulu Lemon store where it was. Yeah, it was like a, a, a an employee murdered their manager because they had been caught stealing, and then she like tried to make it look like people broke in and and murdered the manager and tried to kill her, and like it was it's wild. Um, Mor- Morbid podcast did a whole episode about it. So oh. anyway, but th- that's not that that doesn't speak to the character of all Lululemon stores. I don't know anything about them other than like some people <laughs> think they're kind of culty, but I don't really know. But yeah, so Lularoe. Um, is not Lululemon. Um, Lularoe is a company that they got started. They're, they're really famous for leggings. Um, and they have this whole story about how Deanne, the woman who started it, was, you know, just making some skirts. And then it got really popular. And then, like, oh, this thing blew up. And, like, and they kind of, like, gloss over, like, how the company blew up. But mm. um, but it's supposed to be, like, kind of like a rags to riches kind of thing. Um, her husband did decide to quit his job to become a part mm. of it. And 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 they, they were, like, a, like, sort of, like, a power couple MLM kind of thing. Uh, they did get divorced recently or maybe wow. divorced. but anyway so these things don't tend to work out it's like rachel hollis and dave hollis who like mm-hmm. would have they would give marriage advice and now they're divorced <laughs> so yeah it's just great so i i yeah it, anyway if you want relationship advice or any of that kind of stuff i would go to a counselor not a, a, licensed like a therapist. marriage yeah. and family counselor <laughs> please god just go see certified people. Like. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to an Instagram influencer. Uh, yeah. Okay. So but to get back to LuLaRoe, um, LuLaRoe is one of the most expensive MLMs to join, which is kind of one of the reasons that I put it at the top. Um, I was floored by the sheer number of people that I know who have been LuLaRoe reps because I don't think that most of them had the money to invest. So I'm, I am guessing that most of the people that I know that got into it started out in credit card debt because it costs $5,000 to start out. (laughs) Like you have to spend $5,000. This is a rich white lady venture. (laughs) 
Yeah. And the thing is, like, the clothes are fine, but they're not, like, they're not amazing. I don't know. Um, And we'll get into how not amazing they are later. Uh, But so... (laughs) The starter kit generally includes, and this is from LuLaRoe's own website, um, the starter kit generally includes, um, and, and they have like women's names for them, which I don't know what they mean, but 75 Cassie skirts, 58 uh, Julia dresses. I, I think it's all like people that she knows that she named them after. I don't um, 75 like Irma tops, 78 classic tees. I guess someone's named classic. Um, and 70 pairs <laughs> of leggings. <laughs> so... Um, I, I don't, um, oh, and all of these have uh, set sale prices, so you can't, like, I mean, you maybe could discount things if you if you were just willing to take a loss, but generally they have set sale prices, um, and I don't know about you, but when I buy leggings, they don't usually cost $25 each, um, which their leggings do, but anyway, so it doesn't end there. Um, LuLaRoe actually requires purchasers, or sorry, sellers to purchase 33 pieces per month in order oh to God. stay active. Um, so you spend that $5,000, you most likely have not been able to make that money back in the first month. And then you have to, you know, buy 33 more things, which even if you buy the absolute lowest cost items, it's still, I think around $300. So yeah, so this is a lot of money you could well end up in like six, $7,000 in debt before you actually start paying that off. Do you know um, how many and- leggings I could buy at Marshalls and TJ Maxx for that amount? Right? Like, like at least 30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. There, so there's that. I'm not going to go into every detail. Oh, sorry. They, sorry. They have the same issues as a lot of other MLMs. Um, recruiting is usually necessary in order to make good money. Um, but then you end up creating your own competition and then you end up having to buy more than you can sell and things then you kind of get into debt. And that doesn't happen to everyone, but it has happened to a lot of people. So, yeah. And as we talked about with the structure, there's only like a a kind of, like not a certain number, but there's like a percentage of people at the top who can make money, but it's a relatively small percentage. And a lot of the people down the line make less and less money until they're not making any money or they're actually actively having to pay for this business that's not making them any money. So um, there's a lot of websites and videos and stuff, and I'll put a lot of stuff on our website. Uh, but there are a lot of people selling LuLaRoe who have been sent inventory, which they paid for, which turned out to be completely unsellable. Um, it's not just because of like an ugly pattern or whatever, which they have their fair share of ugly patterns. Um, <laughs> but not just because of that. Um, although there are a lot, but it's uh, because the products came to sellers already damaged. Um, There are different explanations of why this is. LuLaRoe would have you believe that damaged products were the fault of either the manufacturer or their sellers, um, literally anyone but them. However, the evidence contradicts that. Reliable sources have provided accounts and videos of how the merchandise was improperly stored. Um, Basically, they they overordered when their company was blowing up. They didn't have enough warehouse space. And so they kept merchandise like outside. Like it was just like in bins that were covered in tarps and stuff. Like you can find videos and photos and stuff of like where LuLaRoe clothes are stored and it's terrible. Um, So as a result, the clothing became waterlogged, sometimes moldy, smelled bad. And the fabric was degraded to the point that the LuLaRoe clothing started ripping whenever it was stretched, which like leggings are supposed to be stretched. Of what you want your (laughs) leggings to do. (laughs) 
Yeah, if oh. leggings can't stretch, then they become just pants and apparently pants that have like the structural integrity of paper towels, I guess. Because like you leggings. can see videos out there of people saying, hey, look at this. And it's like a new pair of leggings and they run their hand across it and just immediately start making holes. <laughs> it's terrible. I wear leggings to escape my thunder thighs ripping all of my jeans. They're my safe place. That's not what should be happening. Yeah. And when you look at the number of people who are are saying like, hey, look at this horrible merchandise, et cetera, you see it can't just be them because that would be like thousands and thousands of people who are damaging their own merchandise and blaming LuLaRoe if what LuLaRoe mm -hmm. is saying is true. So no, <laughs> like that's not what's happening. And also like if you're, and there's videos of people unboxing and finding like, you know, waterlogged stuff, which was obviously sent like that. So right. like that, that's really gross. And also if you're sending it like that, it's just so clear that you don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, just, just grabbing it, stopping my pair of leggings, putting it in there, you know, grabbing this moldy dress, like gross. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Uh, so, so there was that. Um, it wasn't all the merchandise, but it was a lot of it. Um, and a lot of their sellers said it was hit and miss as to whether you get something good or not. And also they required that before you could send something back, you had to have a certain number of damaged items. So you end up just like in the hole for all that money before you can even recoup it. Um, they made it difficult for a lot of sellers to return things to. Uh, they did eventually, I think, reverse a policy they had like they stopped buying back and then they were like oh no 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 we're buying back like it seemed like they they tried to just say fuck you to everyone and then they realized that they couldn't sustainably do that and so then they started buying some stuff back but they do seem to make it really really difficult uh so so there's that um then there's the thing that really sets LuLaRoe apart from other MLMs and the reason that I ultimately put them at the top of the list. Um, in addition to the, manipula the manipulation and lies, they have also allegedly pressured a lot of their sellers to get gastric sleeve surgeries. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, a gastric sleeve is an operation where part of the stomach is removed and it usually results in dramatic weight loss. Uh, it is not without risk and should not be undertaken lightly. But Deanne Stidham, who um, Deanne Stidham is the one who created the business and Mark Stidham is her husband, is the, the co-owner of the business. Um, but she and her cohorts allegedly encouraged many people to get this procedure. I have a video on the website of one woman in particular who had medical issues uh, that would have made it really dangerous, but she says she was still pushed to do it. Um, and where do you think they were sending these women to get this procedure? Like, you know, a Not decent hospital, like close to them. There's a doctor, but it was in Tijuana, Mexico. No! Um, which, okay, I don't know if a lot of listeners have been to, to Tijuana it's not okay it's I, I'm not just dragging the town in general but if you go there you like there are certain streets you can go down where you're like oh here's the the place where Americans come to get drugs for cheaper and no prescription you know like you walk down the street and people are like oh you need oxy you need like whatever like it's yeah. just there's different laws uh and a lot of people go down there to do that I actually went down there with a friend who got uh prescription glasses or two friends i think um i think that was the reason we went down there uh, oh my God. but yeah well it was we were working at um 
well, I'm not going to say the business. We were working in um, Los An- the port of Los Angeles and decided that we wanted to take a trip down, stay overnight so that, you know, people could get their prescription eyeglasses, which they went down there and got them for like 40 bucks, um, which is great. It's still, um, Zenny is now cheaper, but we didn't have Zenny back then. So. Zenny is life-saving. <laughs> Anybody who wears glasses, check out Zenny. I got prescription glasses with the, the blue light shit in them. With shipping, $27. Yeah. Which is on so, so yeah, 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 go to Zenny. Like, like honestly, I think that my friends who went and got that eye exam and got the glasses, like it was perfectly fine. Like, like the doctor, he he was a legit eye doctor, I think, and like everything was fine. But just because this town is has made such a business out of like tourists coming down and doing like medical tourism and like, you know, buying prescriptions that they didn't get prescribed in the U S and all that stuff. Like it's shady. And like, on the one hand, I kind of think that it needs to exist because of the way that health is in the U S like, if you know, you need a specific drug and you can't get it, like some people that's their only option. Uh, But but in general, I, I don't think that it is advisable to go down there. There's like, like if you're passing a lot of bars and strip clubs to get to the place where you're going to get gastric sleeve surgery, like that's that's probably not a good sign, you know? Like, yeah. anyway. And also, if you're an American citizen um, and you have insurance, you can go to an actual, you can go to a doctor who's near you. Um, and I'm not saying these doctors in Tijuana aren't doctors, but what I am saying is that the business that they're doing is rather sketchy. And if someone is cutting you open, you want to make sure that everything's above board. And if it's from an MLM, don't take medical advice from them, as we have discussed <laughs> previously in these episodes. Listen yeah. to your doctor, you know, to a point. We could talk about how doctors don't listen to women and people with disabilities. No <laughs> I think we people. should do a but- medical bias episode because I've gotten some, like, feedback on that in the Insta a little bit and yeah so but uh anyway so yeah so yeah so there's that I yeah in general be very very careful where you're going to get surgery and if it's an elective surgery especially just just be really careful about it just think about why you're doing it and if a business is pushing you into doing it they're not doing it for good reasons. They're not doing it for your health or because they care about you. Um, like the reason that Deanne Stidham was doing it apparently was because she wanted everyone to be like size small or medium, which kind of goes against what LuLaRoe stood for to begin with because they wanted to have like inclusive sizing. And like, you know, a lot of the people that I knew who like LuLaRoe were people who would be considered plus sized and like didn't really enjoy the whole experience of shopping at a store. So it's kind of nicer for them to go to Mm -hmm. like a party where they can buy this stuff and it's all, you know, soft and comfy and like maybe they find some patterns that look cute. I totally get why you would want to do that. But then it really, really sucks then that the founder doesn't want her sales reps to be larger than a certain size. Right. Um, Yeah. So anyway, um, a lot of the women who got the gastric sleeve surgery say they were pushed into it by Deanne's sister, Lene. Um, And it is also alleged, be very careful saying that, it is alleged that while the procedure cost $4,000, she would charge $5,000 and pocket the rest. (laughs) (laughs) That is why LuLaRoe is terrible. um, And that's actually the end of my notes for for my top five MLMs to avoid. 
yeah, they're, they're all really bad. There's even a lot more that I could say about these companies, but, but we're over an hour. So yeah. Um, there's, oh, I did mention earlier, I just was randomly looking into color street before this because it's uh, a newer MLM and it's, it's the one that's like nail stickers. So it's, it's like, it's nail art. Like it's fine. The products are totally fine. Uh, but I looked into it because I was like, it doesn't seem like this one's that bad. So like, maybe it's okay. But then the more I looked into it, I was like, oh, this is kind of shitty. Uh, and I just screen capped something that I want to share. It says, Color Street is owned by a parent company called Incoco. Uh, Color Street is one brand from Incoco. And the parent company also has the brand Incoco and Coconut, which sell similar nail polish strips. Um, the latter brands can be found on store shelves for a cheaper price than Color Street. <laughs> so like even the MLMs out there that seem like they're totally fine, like, you know, oh, this is just nail stickers, you know, it's like, you know, just cute stuff. Even that is taking advantage of its, uh, of, of its employees really, because if you're, if you're selling for an MLM, it's, it's more like an employee situation or a contractor situation. Um, so they're, they're taking advantage of those people while also selling their own products for cheaper in stores. Like, yeah, no MLM seems to be, decent just and that's just, where i've landed just don't do that <laughs> if, you, if you're thinking about doing stuff with mlms just don't just yeah. just don't just don't yeah just don't and, and it sucks because i i totally get why people get into them particularly women particularly moms i i totally get why people are interested in it um i get that, you know, wanting to have a community and wanting to like believe all the, the nice stuff people are saying and feeling like you're, you know, contributing to your household, especially if you're someone who's like not working and is maybe taking care of kids instead. I get it, but there are better ways that will give you a better guaranteed income and won't require you to uh, push products on people that they don't really want. Yeah. Because ultimately most MLMs, are not selling a product that's something you can't get elsewhere. Like I really can't think of any MLM that makes something or sells something that I can't find elsewhere for cheaper or for the same price. So like, yeah, there's just no point. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the only point is that the people at the top make a lot of money. Just remember, so. you can always work out on YouTube. My weights came from Walmart, which I'm not proud of, and TJ Maxx. And I yeah. worked out on YouTube and I went running and I lost like 20 pounds that way. Like I said, I'm still teetering on my goal weight this whole time. That's fine. I don't care. I do care. I don't have a goal weight. <sighs> it's just, I, I feel like I, in the last year or two, I have like just consumed enough information about like diets and like body positivity slash fat activism and that kind of stuff that I've just realized, you know what? I'm fine. So that's, if anyone, and that's if the best workout you could do. And so if anyone wants to message me from Beachbody, I will tell you that <laughs> I am fine. <laughs> the way to not get sucked into this stuff is just accepting your body as it is, which is a constant struggle. It's not or, easy. I mean, or working on your mental health, because not all of them are about your body, you know, like, right. but, but sometimes body image yeah. and mental health are interlinked. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So yeah, so those are those are my top five LM, MLMs to avoid. Uh, I know that this is a rather depressing episode, and I realize I don't really have anything to bring it back up. <laughs> but uh, I, I started walking dogs, so I have more dogs in my life. Ooh, dogs! That's are my good. uplifting thing. <laughs> but just remember, you can always recycle your candles and put them on top of wax burners. Save yourself yeah. some money. You can always do that. You can always buy your leggings at TJ Maxx instead of buying them from. I'm Lula literally Road. wearing a pair right now. They're very comfy and not see-through at all. Yeah. Also, Griffin did not understand the see-through test because I just told him to look at my butt, and he said, "Okay," and I was like, "Nope, no, that's not what I meant." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, it looks good." <laughs> I was like, "Can you check to see if you can see my underwear?" He was like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "Can you see?" He goes, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> You're useless when it comes to this stuff. I just I didn't mean that. You're not useless, buddy. I didn't mean oh. that. I know you don't listen to this, but on the off chance that you listen to this one, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought I had something else to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. There was like a little. You have a, a, you have a Gen Z of the week. A, is, Simone, oh. is Simone Biles a Gen Z? Because, girl. Yeah. I love her. She is breaking all these records and going to the Olympics and not smiling. And she puts goats on her leotards because she knows she's the goat. And I love her so much. My shout out is Simone Biles because I love she's watching gymnastics. So I think, let me see. She was born in 97. So I feel like she's probably oh, she's like teetering. Yeah, she, she oh, could be teetering. our Gen Z. Okay. And then that one, the 21 year old. Who the, who ran did the track and she like broke records and she had like orange hair and just like ran faster than anybody. Hold on, I gotta look this up. This is very important. I actually just found it. We have too many Gen Zs of the week. We might just need Gen Z corner. We just talk about Gen <laughs> Z. Uh, who? Oh no, it's there's another valedictorian who was it's a gay student who got his speech cut off. Aha! I found it. Okay, so so I'm gonna say one of the one of the Gen Z of the week I'll put forward in our little Gen Z corner, um, you know, uh, which we I don't know we can say like the kids are all right or I guess there's hope, uh, but <laughs> so his name is Bryce Dersham and he graduated from Eastern Regional High School in Voorhees, uh, and he was delivering his speech to fellow graduates and attendees uh, when his principal literally pulled the plug and ordered him to re- read a different approved speech. But according to a report from the WCAU and video posted to YouTube by his father, uh, Dershem continued to deliver his speech from memory instead. And so he talks about when he came out as queer and uh, it's just, it's a lovely speech. We'll put it up um, and I'll put up an article about it on the website. Uh, But generally it's, it's kind of like the same thing that's been happening over and over again where like valedictorians are like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. So I, I really appreciated seeing that. And I appreciated the fact that he just kept going uh, Mm -hmm. even though he was told not to, because honestly, if you're in that position, what are they going to do? Like there's nothing they can do to you that's actually going to be defensible. So just continue the speech because yeah, because that principle, ooh, I get You free, you. bitch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so well done to all the valedictorians who are standing up for what they believe in out there. Oh, valedictorians and salutatorians, because there's a couple of those too. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably bring them up. But there does seem to be a wave of 
people graduating high school right now who are really politically engaged and are willing to talk about things that maybe they haven't been allowed to before. And it's really good to see. And we really like it. I'm going to send you this to put on the website, but it's just a list mm-hmm. of all the black Olympians from Texas who have qualified this summer. Awesome. Simone Biles is one of them. And the one I was talking about was Shikari Richardson from Dallas for track and field. She like broke a bunch of records and she did it wearing like orange hair and fake eyelashes and like was unabashedly (laughs) like, yeah, I just won this shit. And I just love, I am a real sucker for the Olympics. (laughs) I love watching them. They make me emotional. And it's always like, I I just like look fondly on the times whenever I was watching the Olympics, like over summers and winters and stuff. I love the Olympics. (laughs) And I think in the past, like pre-Trump days, it was the one time of year where I felt like there was less borders around Americans, where it felt like we were all rooting Mm -hmm. for the same team for once. And I just felt like a real sense of Oof. unity. I don't think that exists anymore. And that makes me a little Yeah, bad. it doesn't seem like it. Seems and it's like the one it's time where you, you watch everybody from the NHL play for Canada <laughs> instead of separate teams. <laughs> anyway, sports. <laughs> good stuff. Well, that's nice. That's a good thing to think about. So, so well done. Well yeah. done, all of you. All of you younger people in sports, you're... Uh, you're doing fantastic. Well done, all of you valedictorians and salutatorians out there who are speaking on things that are important to you, regardless of uh, uh, how your faculty receives it. And mm-hmm. keep doing that shit. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we we stand POC sports people here. Athletes. That's what they're called. <laughs> sports people. <laughs> my different person, my different We're not- person costume. You're disguised? Yeah. <laughs> all right well now that we're forgetting words uh like athlete maybe we should yeah. uh we should probably end this so uh <laughs> i am rosie and facts matter and mlms don't <laughs> i hope and now that you know better be better and don't buy into mlms bye